When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is brought to you by Nut Money Coalition's Farm Talk podcast. They have been serving the Hopi community since 2004 by working to reaffirm and preserve traditional Hopi farming. Go to nutmoneycoalition.org to learn more. That's N-A-T-W-A-N-I coalition.org. Native Community Capital is your trusted partner for home loans or financing your business. Visit us at nativecap.org or call us at 855-628-2272. Let's work together to rebuild tribal economies. Are now listening to the car. <laughs> Let me do the intro. I'll do the intro. Let me try one more time. Okay. Because I liked my introduction. Oh, yeah? Yeah. What was your introduction again? Okay. Shh, quiet on the set. You are now listening to the Carl and J-Man Save the World podcast. I'm your host, the Fight Star, Five Diamond Chef J-Man. And with me is the older... And slower, Carl. <laughs> you mean the you mean the much hotter one here, Carl? Right. <laughs> you know you're older than me, right? You, I, you know by a, technicality a number of time that you are older than me. I I, I don't a, understand a, a why number you does don't not grasp this concept, and yet you know when we have our little arguments via <laughs> messenger or via text message <laughs> that you throw a lot of insults out there that have absolutely no fact or truth behind it and you so, you know a number is just a number right my your, my my your, age number you're 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 like uh one of those little kids that you know just throws out random insults that <laughs> have absolutely no factual or Real world applications it's from so, a, you know I kind of just ignore you. It's, uh, when, it's from a when, book when, when you t- try to take your jabs at me. <laughs> it's uh it's from a book. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> but we're back this week. We're back for another episode, and you know I I think that you and I that we're really appreciative because we mentioned this in a previous episode that the season that we're currently in season six is one of our best seasons in the history of the podcast. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like you know, I I I didn't think that season. This is season. Six season six season six season, season six wouldn't do you know well because we had these this plan on going solo for a bit and I thought you know like oh man it's gonna gonna bomb on those episodes there but <laughs> man it 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 did really well it, I, it still kept the ship afloat yeah it, it kind of uh, we lost a little bit of people here and there but uh, you know. Uh, we managed to save a lot of others. So. I, I, I don't know who you're thinking of that went over a board. Probably some of your uh, imaginary friends that you talked to. Those but. are the those are the ones that uh, kept the boat afloat. So. <laughs> but we're back, and you know, we hope that you all enjoyed our previous episodes, uh, our our episode about college, and then our special 
Halloween episode. I know Carl was real excited about that. And, you know, thank you all for the feedback on those episodes and here with you today with another topic. Yeah, exactly. So if you want to, uh, I think you have some sort of uh, congratulations to people, right? I, I don't operate in the way that you do, Carl. I, I don't give congratulations <laughs> where I should be giving thank yous. So well, I have thank yous it, for some very special Isn't that people. the same thing? It is not. <laughs> it should be the same thing, right? Congratulations and thank you. It is not. And, and you know, I do have some uh, shout outs to give, some shout outs to our 30-pack circle of givers, some folks that have made our transition into being a better podcast of a happen <laughs> i'm still trying i'm still trying to J man it just I, barely woke up so I, I, you guys I, are i'm still trying to equate how you <laughs> have congratulations equaling thank you it kind of threw a wrench through, through into your my they kind of it kind of opened up your mind it said that oh my god it opened up my mind it's like when you put diesel fuel into an unleaded engine it kind of just you know f things up so. it just screwed you up a little bit <laughs> But anyway, so I, I like to give some special shout outs to some very special folks out there. I'd like to give a special shout out to Alexis Kehi, to Michaela Williams, Terry Hanani, Troy Lamovaya, Deidre Leslie, Shane Kobe Dempsey, Noel Koyahoma, Aaron McEmris, Shane Talayamtua, Jerris Mark Billigodi, Donovan Goldtooth, our boy Dion Sania, our other boy Miller Gowanyama, Gary Lamayasva, and Michelle Holden. All right. Well, thank you, everybody that has donated to us. I know it's very, very hard for some people to uh, keep that monthly donation out there. And uh, if you do want to, and just this, this is just a reminder, if you guys want to do a donation or just want to do a one-time donation, um, go to anchor.fm slash CJ podcast 85 to become our monthly donor. You get a special shout out and we are still, we are still working on how to do another subscription for everybody to be, do behind the scenes, to do a lot more extra content for people just for their 30 pack sponsors. So when we find the time, when we find the time, we'll be able to build that, but definitely just know that we definitely appreciate your contributions on a monthly basis. And another shout out to our season six sponsors, shout out to you folks out there. And so today, you know, we're, we're going to be talking about a topic that I'm actually, you know, now that I think about it, kind of surprised that we haven't talked about ever. Yeah, I know. It's weird, right? And so we're actually going to be talking about the tribe or this concept of what a lot of us call, quote unquote, the tribe. <laughs> so a lot of you know, I think I think it's like 70% of Hopi's work at the tribe. Well, you know, I think that this idea of the tribe is something that transcends through all reservations, yeah. right? Because yeah. then, you know, I think not just Hopis, but natives in other places, other reservations, that they do ref have this idea of the tribe. And it's so funny because we use that term so often, the tribe, that in my mind, I start to think of the tribe yeah as yeah. this mythical huge head what was the the show with the yellow brick road or the movie uh, oh the wizard of the oz wizard of oz yeah and so like this great oz 
that lives somewhere in that, you know, we send our prayer offerings to the tribe <laughs> in, in, in preparation that the tribe might, you know, help us to continue our lives. Yeah. Instead of like uh, follow the yellow brick road, it's follow the dirt, dirty, dirty, uh, dirty road. Uh, F- follow the, the broken paved road. The, <laughs> the broken bottles on the side road. <laughs> the, the cracked paved road. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I know. I know what you're talking about is like. The tribe here is something of a mythical creature that we just don't understand. And we we tend to kind of understand it's like a dragon. You know, we it's like a dragon. It's mythical. We know what it is. <laughs> we know what it is. It's, it's in movies. You know, we got to defend it. And, and then, but we don't know if it, you know, if the dragon had a family or, you know, dragons like working. That makes me laugh. And, you know, I, I've never, ever heard an analogy like that about the tribe. But I, <laughs> I think that you're, you know, pretty, pretty correct in that. Because then, like you're saying, it's we've all heard of it. Oh, yeah. We know it exists. Yeah. But have any of us actually seen it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do any of us actually know how it lives? Yeah. Do any of us actually know how it works? <laughs> And that's basically, you know, the tribe is a dragon. You know, we know what it is. We know that it breathes fire and flies and <laughs> it, it, it terrorizes, terrorizes communities, communities and, and <laughs> eats children. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the tribe is something that is worth talking about here. And we wanted to bring on special guests from the tribe, but we were afraid of the political side because a lot of you guys are... Um, you like to comment on the political side of things. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and, and I guess uh, I, the, the, the genesis of this episode, we really weren't going to talk about just the tribe. No, we were no. going to talk about really finances. But as it pertains to the tribe, yeah. and, you know, talking about the monies that the tribe has and where that money goes. But I think that that was a topic that required some uh, expertise. And, and like you, you and I said, we had this huge conversation of who we could potentially bring in to talk about that sort of thing. And then I don't know if it was just a case of us overthinking it, but, you know, thinking if we brought actual political leaders in, then people would mistake us for supporting those individuals. Yeah. And then we get alienated <laughs> by parts of the tribe, the tribe. <laughs> and, and then you know we lose support and so you know i think that that really did scare us off of bringing somebody in and so you know we kind of reformatted the episode at least to where you and i can at least comment and you know sh- create some sort of dialogue it, because it, you and i have had tons of conversations yeah, exactly outside of the podcast on the tribe yeah and i think that most recently that uh yesterday you and i went to a special luncheon well before we be before we go on we want i want to do a disclaimer saying that these are just our own opinions here so j-man and i these are just our own opinions of what we think about the tribe here it doesn't have to it's not correlating to anything of any nature by means and if you take offense by it you know it's so it's, so basically what you're saying is uh please don't fire us so please don't fire us <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and, and, and I, I'm glad that you said that because then, you know, really, this is just our way of talking about it. Yeah. That we really don't mean to offend anybody directly, that we know that there are individuals that work for the tribe, that we have relatives that work for the oh, tribe, yeah. Yeah. that work very hard for yeah. the tribe. Yeah, exactly. But then this is just the, the CJ podcast narrative of what the <laughs> tribe is. Exactly. And so, like, you know, when you think about the tribe, you think about the councilship. 
you think about who's on council and how can I get on council's good side to get onto the get onto the tribe. Well, well, I guess you know, going back to what I was saying is that you know, you and I had a luncheon very recently. Oh yeah, yeah. We, we, we had a conversation. With some older, um, I, I, I guess I don't want to say older, but some more seasoned some veterans of, of the uh, tribe. Of the tribe. Yeah. And, and so they were sharing with us, you know, kind of some histories of some of the different, I guess, uh, programs and dynamics of, of how the tribe worked, you know, maybe 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. And, you know, it, I think that any conversation of the tribe always turns into this semi-comedy act. <laughs> Where, you know, you're cracking a lot of jokes because, you know, I, apparently there's a lot to laugh at in regards to the tribe. The tribe. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, the motto of of the whole working for the tribe is like, I work for the tribe, meaning that a lot of things that don't go right as planned, it's, it's putting into that context of like, I work for the tribe, meaning that nothing's going to go right. <laughs> like, like working for BIA, right? There's a lot of BIA workers out there that there's a bureaucracy. You have to go through different channels, different paperwork and stuff, and nothing gets done. And that's basically how the same way the tribe works is that I work for the tribe. So we'll see what we can try to do. <laughs> and, you know, I, I think that I, 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 I've thought a lot on this topic. And, you know, I think that you and I have done a pretty good job of at least kind of depicting the reasons why the tribe is the tribe today. Yeah. Because, you know, you and I, we've talked a lot about our traditional forms of leadership in previous episodes. We've talked about the dynamics of how our people, some of our people still choose to follow a more traditional version or a more heritage version yeah. of leadership. And so not putting really any faith into the tribe. And then we've also talked about, you know, kind of our economic situation out here and how the fact that we don't have a lot of money. Yeah. And that there isn't a lot of opportunity economically or even educationally. And um, but I guess, you know, really that when you think about any tribe, any 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 reservation, any American Indian tribe that a lot of us kind of face that same way. And then, you know, we've talked about this in that assimilation episode is that we've had this way of life yeah and then when the pahanas came they altered our way of life and so i guess you know to to put it into better context it's like you know you're living your life fine you were a right-handed person yeah writing your papers right-handed going outside playing catch with your right hand and all of a sudden the colonizer shows up chops off your right hand and you're forced to do things with your left hand and then so all of a sudden you're not able to do things as well because you're not used to using your left hand. Yeah. And so basically, you know, I guess that's a real simplified way of saying how difficult it's been for native people to adjust to a new way of life because we're having to do things differently. Yeah. Historically. But then in the contemporary scheme of, of Hopi, especially Hopi, is that, you know, you still have these elements of... Uh, this this idea of what heritage Hopi is, yeah, or Pas Hopi, and and so you know I think that that's kind of some reasons as to why we've kind of struggled to really try to adapt. But then a lot of those struggles, it transfers when we start working for the tribe, yeah, or when the tribe tries to work for the people, is that a lot of those same reasonings is that we're trying to drive with our left hand when we're really right handed. 
So, you know, going back into history, and the tribe was developed back in the 1930s, early 1930s. And it was because of Peabody Cole uh, that they wanted to be on native lands here. And because of that, they needed a, a legal way to steal yes. <laughs> to steal yes. our land. So they developed a tribe they developed the tribe for us in back in the 1930s. Or they, they influenced the Hopi people to adopt the tribe. Adopt the uh, tribe. Yeah. Adopt the tribe. And in that in that same context is that Peabody was the one who put in a lot of these tribal members, that ones that could talk a little bit more formal could talk a little bit more elegantly, you know, could talk or could understand what's going on, but not fully understanding what's going on. They they get the gist of it, but not fully what's going on. And that's basically how the tribe was formed here on the Hopi Reservation. It was because of Peabody Cole wanted to legally steal Hopi land. Because I think that back in those days, you know, you needed... Uh, at least in, in the eyes of the federal government, you needed a formalized agreement between, yeah. in, in a way, two white entities. Yeah. But Hopi being Hopi, we didn't have any white entities. Yeah. So they needed to develop one, which became the tribe. Yeah. And, you know, I guess, you know, to add on to that story that you just told, that when the Hopi people were presented with this option idea option or idea option opportunity to build the tribe yeah that they put it to a vote yeah they said that you know all the hopis come out and vote vote yes if you want a westernized government yeah vote no if you don't want a westernized government but because and if we've said this before <laughs> but we got stick shoved up our a's yeah for saying it but voting is a non-Hopi concept. And so when the people that opposed this idea of the tribe, that they didn't even come to vote. No. They didn't even come to vote to vote no. Because in their minds, that not participating was participating. Yeah. And the very few handful of Hopis that came to vote. So basically it was... A handful of Hopis that decided we're going to have the tribe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, there was a, there was this paper that was written by, I forgot his name. He was a foreign guy, a foreign white guy. And he basically went through tribe or through village through village th- thinking at that, okay, these people are civilized in a way to understand that the tribe is going to be built. And this was back in the thir- early 30s. And he went through each village and he said that only a handful of people that could understand Oh, uh, like what, whatever, whatever we're saying in a way could understand that, but only like eight men would come to meetings or like two women and, and would kind of voice their opinions. And he would take that, that saying that say, okay, yeah, you know, three people out of four people said, yes, I'm going to take that and say that the whole reservation said yes to this. whole thing, Despite there yeah. being a population of thousands yeah, of Hopis despite, on yeah, the reservation. Exactly. And so not not knowing that we had a right to say no, if we had that knowledge of Bahana knowledge to say, oh, I have to, you know, write down my answer saying no, then we wouldn't have this <laughs> tribe problem. People are gonna throw this in our face and they're gonna say, see, that's why you need to go vote. <laughs> yeah, like exactly. This happens. <laughs> 
And and so like you know with that in mind, I think that's the reason why a lot of us are very very um you know adamant to not believe what the tribe has to say or has to offer because of what went on back in the early 1930s because it was in, in a way it was built out of uh i guess false advertising yeah. or it was built out of uh deceit and you know something to that nature because then in, in at the end of the day you know because you mentioned um the coal mine yeah that we were severely effed in the a yeah by that coal mine it, it's it was weird because i read and yet we fight to keep that coal mine open <laughs> I, I was reading, I was doing research one day and I came upon um, a paper that was presented back in 1993, 1994, around that time. And on the front page of the Hopi Tetuveni, it stated um, the tribe has accepted $180 million plastered in big, bold letters. And they were had the, the chairman of the Hopi tribe back then with the Peabody chairman. And they were having this big old ceremony with a big old check like that. And, was, and I'm like, $180 million, that's chump change to today. You know, that's very, very little, especially when you're coming from a corporate multi-billion dollar company. It's- Hopi's could have been the richest people here on the Hopi Reservation. And, and you know the history of that coal mine. Very often you hear this comment said is that Hopi's got drops in a bucket. Yeah. Compared to what they really should have gotten as a result of exactly. this Exactly. I mean, like if we knew how to negotiate back then, we would have been getting a million dollars per person here on the reservation every week. If things worked out the way it should have worked out, do you think we'd still be doing this podcast? No way. <laughs> I'd be I'd be going to you know Vegas every every week. You know? <laughs> we we'd probably have all kinds of issues. We'd be alcoholics <laughs> and uh, sex addicts. Or- exactly. You know, I'll, I'll probably be eating fish, even though it's illegal to eat we'd be, fish. We'd be putting out hits on each other. <laughs> I'll be walking around with a million dollars and nobody would steal it from me because the other person has a million dollars that he's trying to waste too. <laughs> well, before we continue, let's go and take a commercial bait. All right, let's go ahead and do that. Nurturing Indigenous Intelligence is a grassroots organization based on the Hopi Reservation. They work to alleviate the hardships in the community through acts of giving, from distributing school supplies, volunteering at various places, and working to expand their services. Follow them on Instagram at NurturingISquared and on Facebook at NISquared Team to find out more. Terraform Development is a Navajo and Hopi-owned engineering, architectural, and project management firm located in northern Arizona. The company has full-time staff and comprises of Navajo and Hopi employees. Terraform services include civil engineering, residential design, drone mapping, and project management on projects for your need. Terraform is a Priority One Navajo Certified Business and Hopi Business License Certified. Contact Terraform Development at T-E-R-R-A the number four orm.com and follow them on instagram at terraform development Koen Viomala PLLC is 100% native owned and operated, founded by Viren Koen Viomala. Their practice areas include corporate law, business transactions, finance, economic development, gaming, casino development, online gaming, real estate, environmental permitting and approvals, telecommunications, government affairs, employment and labor relations, historic preservation and cultural resources, and energy. Koen Viomala is committed to making positive and lasting change in our communities as they support nonprofit volunteering 
volunteering, community activism, and employing Indian preference in hiring and vendor relations. And we're back, back from paying some bills, and we'd like to keep this conversation going on. And and so, you know, I, I think that very often that the tribe is stereotyped, right? Oh, yeah. Like there are oh, yeah. big stereotypes <laughs> of the tribe, and very often they are very negative stereotypes. Oh, yeah, exactly. You know, because... Uh, one 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 thing that is uh, stereotyped is that um, tribal workers like to go to lunch at eight o'clock in the morning <laughs> and uh, work for about thirty minutes. Well, well, what I was what I was gonna say is that you know there's that meme. You're you're familiar with <laughs> with uh, with the Godzilla universe, yeah, yeah, and, and yeah. You're, you're familiar with the uh, the kaiju, yeah, uh, the kaiju King, King Ghidorah. <laughs> The, the, I, I guess essentially that's what he is. He's like a dragon, yeah, that has, has three, three heads. heads. Yep. And then there's the meme. That often, you know, when you're trying to insult something, that there'll be a depiction of two of the heads look normal, and then the third head looks like an idiot, <laughs> and then you often label that idiot head of what you're who you're trying to insult. insult. Yeah, and then so I guess that's the big stereotype is that the tribe is that idiot head. <laughs> <laughs> there was one meme that I really liked is that um, there was this Indian guy that was working on the computer, and then on the um, on the uh, on his computer it had like the solitary uh-huh. he's doing solitary he's like i got a job at the tribe i got i've got to look busy right now <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you know that unfortunately you know that is that's a stereotype of tribal workers oh, i yeah. guess you know people yeah. that work for the tribe people that shove the coal so to speak into the engine of what we call the tribe and so you know unfortunately that that is the label of tribal workers is that they don't work that they leave uh very early very early yeah or come in very late. Very come in late. One one thing that still is relevant at the tribe is that nobody answers their phone. Nobody answers. Nobody their answers their phones. Is another stereotype of the yeah. Tribe. You know whether that's a stereotype or a reality. It actually is a reality. <laughs> you call over there to the uh, six hundred number and uh, they transfer you, and they're like, "Oh yeah, nobody's there." And it's like they're probably out to lunch. You're like, "It's ten thirty in the morning." <laughs> <laughs> that's lunchtime around. It's lunchtime here. around here. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what are some other stereotypes of the tribe? Uh, you know, like they they drive tribal vehicles everywhere. Okay, yeah, like there's like they're t- always taking trips. So so you'll be in Vegas. You'll be in Vegas for the weekend on leisure. Yeah, and, and then you see a car with the official seal. Yeah, of, exactly. Of the Hopi tribe. You know, they're on official business <laughs> <laughs> at the slot machines. At the slot machines. Trying, you know, trying to build those economic they, gains. What was the only the other thing too is that they're always taking um, what is it called the. Uh, conferences at casinos like down in down south or at las vegas at some of the arizona yeah arizona casinos or laughlin (laughs) you know and it's not it's not a one-day conference it's like a three-day conference and they bring all their families yeah they bring all their families down and you know in tribal vehicles (laughs) well you know it's funny that you talk about this you know i i know that one of your your favorite podcasts is the yaf boys yeah but they were actually talking about this very well and maybe not recently but in one of the episodes that i did listen to and they were talking about this concept of uh conference indian and and i think that a lot of us have have heard that that saying before that term, to yeah. where you know you're an individual a, a native person and either you work for the tribe or you work in in some in some uh aspect of the tribe yeah and you yeah. get sent to all these conferences <laughs> and you know because i think you know for for like an average person like how are you helping the people if you're in vegas yeah how are you helping the people if you're in hawaii or how are you helping the people 
if you're getting effed up down at uh, Salt River Casino or, or you know, something <laughs> like that. And because, you know, there, there is a dynamic to travel that a lot of people don't understand that, you know, outside of getting the conference registration paid for, yeah, outside yeah. of getting your hotel room paid for, that you also get something that's called a per diem. Which is uh, money that like you use for your stipend, breakfast, yeah. lunch, and dinner, travel costs. And then if you're taking your own personal vehicle, then you get something called mileage. They, yeah. they, they pay you for basically the use of your vehicle. And But anyway, the, the Yoff boys, they were talking about how, you know, some of these OG conference Indians, you know, they, they go, they get their travel checks. But instead of eating like at a Denny's for breakfast or instead of eating at a, a nice place for lunch or for dinner that they'd go to a grocery store and then buy, buy groceries, buy, yeah. buy, buy a loaf of bread and some meat and cheese. <laughs> and then that's all they'd eat the whole time so that they could pocket their the rest of the funds. money. Yeah. And but, you know, with that, too, you would have to kind of pay back with that as well, too. In some cases, I in in some cases, but it's it's very rare. It's, it's very it's rare. Very yeah. rare. But you know, and, and so I guess those are kind of some stereotypes of of tribal workers that they never answer the phone, always on lunch, <laughs> yeah. traveling all over the place. Um, I, I I know that you know the basic concept of our stereotype of the tribe is basically it just doesn't work. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't work, and that you know anytime people need something from the tribe, that usually it either never comes or it's very slow in coming. So explain to me, how does a real governmental system work? How, how should it work in a way? What, what, what should it really look like? What should it really look like? Um, you know, and I, I think that, you know, uh, I guess an answer to your question is, is something that's not far off from, from what you could imagine yourself. Like, you know, people actually showing up, people actually doing their jobs, uh, people actually um, being accountable for what their responsibilities are. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, uh, this is another word too that you hear a lot in, in government is this idea of transparency. Yeah, transparency. Meaning that, you know, the government is communicative to the people that it serve on what they're doing. Yeah. Because that's another stereotype about the tribe is that, um, I'm not too sure how, how what, what the exact term it would be, but um, I guess like a lot of illegal things that happen. Yeah. Things like... Um, what is it called when you steal money? Uh, you launder money. You laundering. Uh, yeah, laundering. Is it laundering? Uh, yeah, basically it's laundering. Yeah. Yeah. Th- things like that. Corruption, I guess. You know, yeah, basically corruption. corruption. And so, you know, that's another stereotype of the tribe is, is this idea of it being corrupt. And, and you know, like uh, the whole idea behind a government, you, you have the executive people up there. You have the leaders. You have the, the chairman, the vice chairman. And underneath you have the... The, what are they called? The councilmen. Mm-hmm. And each councilman is responsible for each of the tri or the people here or the villages here. The villages that elect them. And the villages that elect them. And what they do, what their main task is to do is to go and meet with their village, ask them what the problems are withholding. Their, their yeah. constituents. And then they, you know, the people in those villages tell their representative, this is what needs to be done. This is what we need to be funded on. How can we get that? And with the help of the representative, he goes back and he goes and has a meeting with the chairman and all the other tribes Mm -hmm. members Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. say that this is what my village needs here. How can we accommodate my village needs here? And yeah. And then once that happens, then all of the all of the tribal chairman, the, the you know, the tribal councilmen will agree on what needs to be done. 
and then it gets done. Mm-hmm. And you know, I I think that you know a lot of us, a lot of us uh, uh, feet on the streets type of people that we really don't understand how no. our government works. No. You know, because we have this false idea that the chairman is uh, the king. Yeah. Of the Hopi tribe. Yeah. And and their word is the the end all be all. Yeah. And then so forth. But really, the power really does lie within our villages. Yeah. To, in kind of honoring our, um, I guess, our heritage way of, of our belief system of where the actual power is. And so each village elects its own leaders. Or actually, they elect their own people to represent them represent who become uh, village councilmen, I yeah. guess, is, is their official term. And then, like you said, that executive committee committee is built of a chairman, a vice chairman, a secretary, sergeant of arms, etc. Treasurer, yeah. treasurer etc. And so it's this, I guess group of super leaders or at least you know ideally this group of super leaders that are representing the true uh, needs of the people and then working to be able to make those needs a reality but unfortunately you know i think that on the village level when you're when you're talking about village councilmen that you do hear these stories of uh political infighting i guess <laughs> because then you know those those tribal council positions that do have power to it oh yeah yeah they do you know like the whole idea behind a councilship is to work with one another is to bring the ideas from different villages to to make it a solid a solidarity of ideas mm-hmm. and to make sure that everybody here on the hopi reservation gets an equal share or gets an equal amount of help that they need mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's in a perfect world that that's that's in an <laughs> ideal world but in our world today that unfortunately, this is a conversation that you and I had too very recently because um, in, in that luncheon conversation that we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast that, you know, our seasoned uh, colleagues, you know, they're asking us because we're, we're kind of younger guys. Yeah, yeah. Asking us, you know, wh- why why aren't people voting? You know, because it's political season right yeah, now. And yeah. so you got a couple of candidates that are running for the positions of chairman and vice chairman. And so they were asking us, you know, why, why don't a lot of us vote these days? And, you know, unfortunately... That, you know, the answer that we gave them is that basically, you know, we we feel as a people, I guess, that for those that are running, it's it's kind of like a slim pickings type of scenario. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think that, you know, we kind of got into this conversation and at least you and I, we got into this conversation is that, yeah. you know, when you look at, I guess, the demographic of our councilmen that are in council right now that. A lot of them are over the age of 50. Yeah. A majority of them are men. Yeah, yeah. And and so, you know, there's this huge generational gap, I guess, between our councilmen and then the generations below. Because then, you know, when you think about, I guess, the responsibilities of being a representative for your village, when you think about the responsibilities and the knowledge that you need to have to be making these huge decisions because I've served on boards at the local level and a lot of what you're tasked to do is that you're tasked to prove multi-million dollar budgets. You're tasks tasked to approve purchases of multi-million dollar purchases. Yeah. You're tasked to approve contracts you're tasked to pr- approve hires you're tasked to approve firings of employees but for a lot of us in our own backgrounds we, a lot of us don't have accounting backgrounds 
a lot of us aren't lawyers. No. A lot of us have never worked with big companies to really understand what it is that we're approving to buy. A lot of us don't really understand the ins and out of human resources. <laughs> and and so, you know, I unfortunately, you know, that is the dynamic of here on the reservation is that in an ideal world, you would have everybody working together for the betterment of, of the, the tribe. Yeah. Or of the tribe. Yeah. But unfortunately, you do have a lot of people that are spiteful out here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, you do have a lot of people that do things for selfish reasons. Yeah. That you do have a lot of people that try to grow roots in, in the positions that they serve, whether they're doing a good job or not. You know, you know, that kind of proves my point is that out here on the Hopi Reservation, we just hate each other. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's the whole point of it. Is we just hate each other. Well, you know, and, and I, I, I think that there's probably a lot of different variables because we're not just a normal community. Oh, no. Like like we're we, we're not just, you know, Mr. Johnson and Mr. I don't know, Sheffield living with each other that yeah, in, yeah. in a lot of the way we're really like the Hatfields and the McCoys. <laughs> we have these histories that run hundreds of years back as to reasons why we have animosities towards one another, whether that's a village towards another village or whether that's a clan towards another clan. Like there's just so much history of it, our people. It, it's like that movie Grumpier Old Men. Uh-huh. You know, we you know, where uh, where one guy is like throwing snowballs at the other guy because he just hates him, yeah. just out of spite. <laughs> you took my wife away from me. And unfortunately, you know, a lot of that carries over into our workings as tribal employees. Yeah, or it carries over into our workings as leaders. It's it's within that, the tribe. It's that historical trauma that still is inside of us that we feel that we must hate this certain village or this certain group of people or a certain mm-hmm, clan mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and in that that basically we just have that mindset of like we're not going to give you help because of and, you and know it, it builds biases it, it builds biases it builds biases it's so weird it's like we're so we're so together but yet we're miles apart from each other we do things on a level that it's like like that saying, nangwa, you know, uh-huh. the words where we come together as a whole, as a mm-hmm. group mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to have, um, <laughs> you know, to uh-huh. have one thing. But yet we're so far apart in our minds and our ways of thinking that we just do it because it's a, it's it's there. We just have mm-hmm. to do it. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing that I kind of left at the thought that I had is that, you know, even though that sometimes we help one another yeah. during like some like, like big nias. Yeah. 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 That sometimes people will go to help just to piss somebody off <laughs> <laughs> that they're not helping out of the pureness of their heart. Just they, they, they just want to annoy somebody by being there. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I didn't want you to help. Why were you helping? <laughs> because I don't like you. <laughs> And, and, and so, but you know, the, and, and I, I think that, and this is just, you know, our opinions, right? Yeah. This is, just, this our is just our opinions. Because then, you know, when I do think about our leadership and when I think about the people that we choose to be in those positions of leadership, that more than likely you're going to find people that don't have 
the right experience. No. Including ourselves. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Because like if Carl and J-Man were put into any of these positions, we'd probably fail just like, you know, <laughs> just anybody else before us. And and so, you know, that that does have me thinking because then, you know, I, I've always thought that the system was developed and it worked for somebody somewhere. Yeah. But obviously it's not working for us. No. Here. No. And And so it's like, how do we find what that answer is? to better build a better tribe. Because then, like I said, a lot of us aren't accountants. A lot of us aren't lawyers. A lot of us don't have these types of backgrounds needed to make these types of decisions. No. But yet, no. off the reservation, I know that there are Hopi lawyers. Off the reservation, I know that there are Hopi accountants. Off the reservation, I know that there are some Hopis that have the experiences to be able to do some of these things that we need them to do. But, you know, we're so fixated on this idea that you have to live here to serve in certain roles, which I get to an extent. But then, you know, I think that when you're barely holding things together with duct tape and safety pins, yeah, that sometimes you just have to try something different. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like the whole idea behind the working part of the tribe is is to come together and to come to terms of how we want things to be done in a certain way although in the in the different villages there they opt out on getting help from the tribe by itself those are the ones that st- try to stay traditional in them in those means like that. And those are the ones that have the idea and those are the ones that have idea of, or the bad ideas of how the tribe is working. Even though the tribe is supposed to be working for the the Hopi people, you know, we have this like what you said, the animosity of how how we perceive the dragon. We mm-hmm. we perceive it as a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, <laughs> that's how basically how we see it. It's like we need to fight the dragon. But although in this day and age, I do think that all villages are accepting funding from the tribe. Yeah. And um, well, I, I guess, you know, as, as uh, let's move on from bashing on the tribe. But, <laughs> and let's talk about the good things that the tribe provides us. Oh, yeah. They, what, are, what are some good services that the tribe provides? Uh, trash services. Trash services. Yeah, trash services. They, uh, they provide that because a lot of out here, we don't have a recycling program. Nope. And but and we we have a very poor trash system out here, but where they're doing an exceptional job on trying to keep up with the trash problems, and, and that's such an important thing too. Yeah, it's something that's extremely overlooked because yeah. then you know as as we've modernized ourselves, that we accumulate a lot of modern waste. Yeah, that isn't good for the environment if you're no. to just throw it outside like a lot of people do. If you do that, you're a jackass. Yeah, exactly. You know. <laughs> Pick up your trash, <laughs> goddammit. But, you know, and, and so, and, and that type of services helps us to keep our environment clean. Yeah. It helps us to be able to present ourselves on our lands in the way that we've been told how we should be yeah. living. Because then, you know, I, I've, I've heard a lot of people always say that, you know, it's always embarrassing when all these Bahanas come onto the reservation and they see our dirty villages. Yeah. Or when I bring, you know, friends external from Hopi that, you know, our villages are dirty. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, the people that work in the, what, what do they call themselves? The, um, the waste, solid waste. Uh-huh. 
you know, people that work in the solid waste, I congratulate you on your hard earned work because it's not easy going to 12 villages and traveling through very small roads and roads that have not been paved at all. And dealing with various village dogs. Dealing with various village dogs to empty our trash every single Wednesdays, I believe. Uh You know, so that's, I congratulate them. And so Big Kwak was sent out to them. What about uh, scholarships? Scholarships. Educational scholarships. Educational scholarships. We just got done talking about being Hopi college guys. Yeah. I mean, like, that's one of the biggest things, too, is that a lot of the, that is, you know, that's not really talked about here. You know, education is very talked about, but it's not talked about how to get funding for education. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, as, as, as Hopi college people or former Hopi college guys, that you hear this term a lot. Oh, I got funded by the tribe. Did you get funded by the tribe? I got funded by some guy in a shady black coat uh, behind <laughs> bashes. <laughs> and it's funny too. It's like, you know, all, all the former Hopi college students out there, it's like, raise your hand if you've ever been put on, uh, what is that word? Uh, when you don't turn something in and they put you on, on the wait list. No, no, no. There's a term for it. When I'm you blacklisted. <laughs> When you get put on uh, probation. Oh, probation. All of us are raising our hands. Who hasn't been put on probation by our grants and scholarships office? And, you know, it's it's kind of a funny thing, too, because then, you know, like a lot of our people, you know, they have this conversation about our education, this conversation about scholarship funding, and they always ask. Well, a lot of people have this idea, you know, we should only fund people from the reservation because then it's this idea that people from the reservation, they go out there, get their education, and they're the ones that are more than likely to come back home to do something here yeah, with with their college degree. yeah. But then, you know, I I guess kind of being in the know and, you know, it's our off-reservation Hopi students that that are funded, that are funded because, and then somebody asked me that, how come the off-reservation students are funded and not our on-reservation students? And the short answer is it's because our off-reservation students are always in compliance with whatever with the, the rules and scholarships <laughs> with whatever the rules are. And so that's why they're the ones that get funded. You know, but I, I do congratulate all of everybody that has or wants to pursue secondary education or higher education uh-huh. because it is very hard out here to get off the reservation, uh-huh. you know, and to, to our off reservation relatives, we're, we're working on the housing issue out here. So you all can come back. <laughs> you home can come day. back home one day. And so you can work for the Hopi tribe, <laughs> battle that dragon for us. <laughs> we're taking a break. We're taking a break. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we need you guys to tag in. <laughs> Where's Darren you when you need her? Where's the dragon mom? Daenerys. <laughs> you know, you know, one thing that kind of popped into my head too, is that, um, when I did do funding through the Hopi grants and scholarships, it was kind of, I think it was kind of in that new stage too, where they didn't really know what to do or not what to expect mm-hmm. because the, the school that I went to was a, um, was sort of like a non-accredited school. A refrigerator school. <laughs> refrigerator school is accredited school. <laughs> this one was a non-accredited school. <laughs> so they they found out that, you know, they, they have to fund accredited schools like NAU, ASU, you know, the top universities like that. And so they asked me, why not why not go to a university? And I'm like, because I don't like people. You know, I don't want to see a lot of people out there. 
And so they kind of gave me this whole idea of like, you know, go to a university. It's probably a lot better. You'll be done in four years. And I'm like, uh, yeah, you know, this school is pretty cool too. You know, I get, I get my own laptop and my own toaster and whatnot. And, you know, um, I get to stay with friends and stuff. <laughs> but so they, they couldn't fund me in that way. They only funded me for the books and the idea of going to, to, to school, basically. <laughs> but, you know, those are some services, though, that are very helpful to yeah. us out there. So, you know, there, there are some things about the tribe that does work. They, yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I do commend them. I do. I do commend their work on how they're trying to keep us afloat, actually. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, they're the ones who they're the true people that keep this ship afloat. Uh -huh. And outside of, you know, some of these services, you have like healthcare services. Oh, yeah. Healthcare services. Social work services. You know, and then housing you, services. Exactly. And then the, the other people, too, that just recently came up is the transit people. The transit people, which is very important. Very, very important. Another underappreciated exactly. portion of the tribe. You know, uh, the, the transit people out here are very, very good people. You know, they, they try to provide so much for the people, but it's it's what's holding them back is the tribe. <laughs> The tribe, in a way, is holding them back from doing their services. Why is the transit service so important? Because a lot of people out here don't have vehicles. Don't have vehicles. And a lot of people have business outside of where the reservation. Yeah, where they live, like uh, like in like in town, Flagstaff. Flagstaff. You know, Flagstaff, Tuba. Phoenix, Tuba. You Winslow. Know, yeah, Winslow, an area. And the transit people here provide those services to take them back and forth from their from their um, their villages to to do other things like shop or to go washing or to have uh, you know just to go over there for a job mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. know and and you know they're they're very unappreciated out here mm -hmm. definitely because you know I do know a lot of folks that go back and forth primarily using the transit system which I guess is you know it's a similar to any type of bus system that works out in any type of city yeah yeah exactly. You know, so I congratulate you guys for hard working, hard working out there. Keep it up, even though, you know, there's a lot of limitations with the tribe that are holding you back. But you're kind of getting around it. <laughs> I, you know, I, I wanted us to kind of steer away from from the tribe bashing. But, you know, unfortunately, you know, that a lot of I guess the, the realities is, is, is what makes us keep going back to that yeah. to, to kind of like bash on the tribe. <laughs> and, you know, because, you know, I, I think that I, I actually had a conversation very recently with, with my brother-in-law and, you know, I, I was talking to him about, you know, kind of some of my frustrations, I guess, with some of the realities that go on out here on, on the reservation and that, you know, I had this, um, I was talking to him about, I guess, the mentalities of a lot of us that work for the tribe Yeah, that, you know, because we were talking about, well, I was talking to him about, you know, unfortunately that, well, I guess, unfortunately in a way that we have this mentality, I guess we have this poor man's mentality because like, you know, if you grew up poor, that you didn't have a lot of money to buy certain types of things that you needed you were you became very resourceful which yeah. is which is a good thing you know yeah you became yeah, very yeah. resourceful so you'd go outside you look at the the scrap heat outside you take parts from here you take parts from there you'd put it together and then you'd build something oh yeah that you yeah. that you 
couldn't afford to buy yourself. Yeah. And then so, you know, you're kind of uh, jimmy rigging a lot of different things for your own usage. But because we have this mentality that when we grow up and that when we go into becoming workers of the tribe or other areas, that we carry this mentality with us when we're working in the tribe. And then so when it comes to purchasing tools or equipment or things like that, we still have this poor man's mentality where we're like, we don't need that very expensive equipment. Let's jimmy rig these things and then we'll make it work. But then I really believe that jimmy rigging something will only take you so So far. far. Yeah. And so the analogy that I told him was that, you know, you have somebody that's a cook and they cook real well with a dull knife. It's like, let me show you how much better you could be with a sharp knife. You'll go so much further. Yeah. And so, you know, it's really, I guess, kind of really thinking about our mentalities and what needs to change within our mindsets in order to be better councilmen, in order to be better chairmen, in order in order to be better tribal workers. Because I've been fortunate enough to work in positions off the reservation for places that gave you the tools that you needed. And knowing that you have the proper tools to do a job, you know how much faster you can run yeah. to achieve your goals. You know, that's my motto in life, uh, Jimmy Rigged Life. <laughs> and make a shirt out of that. <laughs> and, and, you know, it, and I, it, it, that's just, you know, kind of a thought process that I had. But definitely before we finish out the episode, I kind of did want us to talk a little bit more about what the original idea behind this episode was going to be and talking about the finances. Yeah. Or the lack of finances. Lack of finances. When it comes to the tribe. So the tribe has, um, you know, ha- was being funded by Peabody for all these years. It was, I mean, like for uh, for more than what, uh, 50, 60 years. And so Peabody, we haven't pissed you off by this point. If you guys <laughs> want to sponsor us, send us an email. <laughs> Is Peabody still around? I believe that they are. <laughs> they're just not making coal anymore. They're just not, uh, stealing, they're just not coal. stealing coal anymore. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, like um, Peabody was a huge money giver towards the tribe here. And every year we would accept these um, millions of dollars, dollars. although we could have been accepting billions of dollars if we had been smarter back then, Mm -hmm. you know, but, you know, uh, accepting millions of dollars throughout the whole tribe. And that's what funds a lot of these different programs within the tribe itself. And so when... Peabody back in 2017, I believe, said that we're not going to be stealing your coal anymore. Uh, you guys have to, you guys have to uh, find uh, other means of making money for yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, Hopis were like, you know, you're not gonna do <laughs> you that. You guys are just playing, playing around. around, guys. Come on, you know. Solid. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, they're saying that, and then. The following year, they're like, you know, no, guys. No, for real. For real, We're guys. Gonna do this. We're really doing that. And they're just like, you know, <laughs> that's a lie. <laughs> and then so right after around 2019, then Peabody's all like, you know, oh, we're jumping ship right now. Did you guys find a plan to do that? And you're, then Hopi Tribe is like, wait, what? you're serious? Wait. They're like, wait, what? What's going on? <laughs> And that's how it went. <laughs> that's actually how it went. <laughs> this is no lie. That's basically how, this is no lie. This is no lie. That's basically how it went. So, 
And, you know, it, it kind of, I, I guess, a, a personal response to that. Like, I mean, you know, and I, I think that our finance episode kind of really is a good thing to insert in this point. Because, like, <laughs> yeah. as, as a person, right, as a yeah. healthy person, that we really don't think ahead when it comes to finance. No, it does. That all we are worried about is, do I have enough money for today? <laughs> oh, I got enough money for today. And, and, Everything's good. <laughs> and we proved that on our, our last episode. <laughs> you know, our guests proved us like, you know, yeah, you guys are retarded and you guys need to save, save your money right now. So, <laughs> but you know, and, and you, unfortunately, you know, that, that is the situation. And, and so, you know, we talked about the good services yeah. that the tribe supplies to the Hopi people, but yeah. due to the result of the lack of um, income, that potentially those services could disappear completely to where, you know, a lot of people truly do depend on these services. And, you know, the the tribe itself has no real way of making money anymore. You know, they're, they're working very hard to try to make money, but there's not a lot of resources out there that can provide a huge amount of money to the Hopi tribe to keep these uh, programs alive. On my format, it says, are we rich or are we poor? And I guess we answered that question. We answered that question. We're, we're very poor. <laughs> and, you know, I, I guess, you know, I, I really, it would be interesting to really know, like, what's going on. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, like, like yeah. what, what steps are the tribe making in order to get this money back that we, that we essentially lost? Uh, I'm sorry, guys, but can if you hear that in the background, that's, that's not us, so. Maybe good time for some background music. <laughs> yeah, I think probably, somebody's vacuuming. I, yeah, I think so too. So if you hear that, and that's that's not us vacuuming. <laughs> that, that, that's not Carl playing with his corduroy <laughs> pants that he's wearing. <laughs> but yeah, but back to the idea of like how rich we could have been. You know, <laughs> if we were very very smart about like um, like negotiating with the Peabody guys. We would say that, what's your piggy bank like? How big is your piggy bank, Peabody guys? And they're like, you know, um, it's about uh, $14 billion right now. And, uh, and then, you know, then we would probably say that, um, you know, I would like to have a billion dollars every year out from your piggy bank there. You'll make it up, no sweat. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of $180 million Gosh. that we got. Gosh, no kidding. And then, you know, it, it kind of, I guess, really, it, 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 it kind of is a scary situation. It's kind of a dire situation because then at least on the surface of it, we've seen some things. And what we've seen is that we've seen the Hopi tribe go into a gaming compact yeah. with the state of Arizona, which is something that you and I have talked about before on this podcast. And I think in the future, we want to explore that a little bit more to bring in an expert to actually talk about what this concept of Indian gaming is. Yeah, yeah. And is that a right step for the tribe to go into? Because we've talked about, you know, kind of this mythical perception that gaming is this end all be all to a lot of our problems out in Indian country. And then, you know, trying to think of other ways. How can you, how can you, um, compensate improve for, for those yeah. millions of dollars that you're losing and i really don't know the answer you know I, I i have absolutely no idea you know i'm not an economics major i really don't know what the building blocks of economics are i all i know is that people out here want jobs yeah all exactly. i know is people out here want income all i know is that people out here are dependent upon the services that are provided by 
the tribe. And if those services were to disappear, I know that a lot of people are going to be hurting yeah. without those services. Yeah, yeah. And and so you know, I I guess really thinking about that, you know, it, it kind of it, it becomes like a real, I guess. Tough mountain to climb to fix that situation. Oh yeah, because then you know I think that we've talked about this a lot as well. Is that there's a lot of variables in terms of us actually developing an impactful business on Hopi, because we're completely surrounded by the Navajo Nation in terms of electric ways, utility ways that you have to do a lot of work with with the the with the Navajo tribe. <laughs> yeah, and you know, and, and we've seen what the histories of that is. Yeah, exactly. You know, but. But unfortunately, you know, we have a lot there, a lot to discuss and of the tribe. And, and I know that there's a lot more to the tribe itself. And I know we just barely touched the surface. We barely touched the barely tip touched of the it. Yeah. You know, we just barely touched the tip of the dragon's tail, you know, not wanting to. <laughs> we were too afraid we were to too get afraid. burnt. <laughs> we just snuck up on it and then we just touched it and ran away. Touched it like little kids giggling. Yeah, and we ran away. <laughs> So, you know, if you got this far, um, you know, this is... Carl congratulates you. (laughs) I congratulate you guys for making it this far here in the podcast world. So, (laughs) So if you would like to donate something or would like to become our monthly donor, go to anchor.fm slash cjpodcast85 to become our 30-pack sponsor. You know, it helps us out a lot. If you just want to donate one time, go to buymeacoffee.com slash CJ podcast to donate a dollar or more. Before we go, I got to ask you this question. True or false? Are tribal workers really lazy? True. (laughs) (laughs) My my answer would be some are, but some some are are very hardworking and and try to try to make it work. And so uh, if you're not following us on our social medias, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Carl and J man. If you're listening to this on YouTube, don't forget to hit that like button, smash the subscribe bell. So that way you'll be notified anytime new content comes out. If you're listening to us on Apple podcasts, don't forget to give us a five star review because you're not five stars unless your podcast says that you're five stars and uh thank you all right well thank you again for listening to carl and j-man save the world podcast my name is carl and this is my best friend j-man so long quack quack